Well, good morning to you. Can I bid you all a very warm welcome to our creative, interactive service of worship this morning. Uh, we have families in with us today. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online at home. Uh, one of the things we're going to be doing this morning is possibly making a, a kind of peace dove. Uh, so at home, you might want to grab yourself a bit of paper, a square piece of paper, and uh, that would be nice. If you haven't got a square piece of paper, then you can make yourself a square piece of paper by taking an A4, folding it so that the one edge is parallel with the other and cutting it, and that gives you a square then in that case. So grab a piece of paper and a pair of scissors and you can, make your, you can prepare it that kind of way. But there are alternative activities for those of you that like doing that kind of thing. So don't panic on that score. I'm just alerting people who are at home. Um, can, I, can I say you're welcome to stay for coffee? After the service, we're in the main hall. There's also a coffee, cake and company here tomorrow morning. And Mary's Walk on Friday. Details of those are in the bulletin. Not in the bulletin, but I understand it is happening this Thursday's art group. And that will be upstairs from 10 until 12. Also, next Sunday evening, we are launching the first of our uh, free worship times called Space. It'll be here in the church at 7 o'clock next Sunday evening, the 10th of July. And you're all very welcome to join us for that. Our call to worship is on the screen. And we're thinking about Ephesians 2 today, and uh, these words will lead us into worship. Once, you were apart from Christ. You were foreigners, and didn't belong to God's chosen people. You had no part in the covenants which were based on God's promises to his people. And you lived in this world without hope, and without God. But now, in union with Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God welcomes you into his presence and draws you close to his heart through Jesus this morning and gives you all that he has in store for you. Let's stand and sing together. No, I
this envelope a gift which is free to anyone who wishes to come and take it. Do we have any takers for my gift? <laughs> You're a suspicious lot, aren't you? <laughs> any takers? Yeah, you, you know, you've got to come. You've got to come. Ryan, open it. Tell us what you've received. Experience. <laughs> Never trust a man who offers you something for nothing. Absolutely. Experience. Yes. Janet. Are you going to let the children, let the children come? Yeah, Brian will have no such hesitation as that. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Why, why hesitate? Yes, Lala. You thought I wanted to get the money. I was giving money away. I wasn't trying to get something out of you. I was giving something away. Anybody else? You thought there was a catch. Yeah. God says, come. In my son, I am giving you my love, my grace, And we all say, well, I don't trust you. Where's the catch? I'll let somebody else go. This is really for the children. I'm growing up and I'm not having this anymore. And we have all kinds of reasons why we say, it's not for me. But God says, come. Accept my son and everything I have to give to you with him. And those of us who do, the Brian's of this world, financially, So it is a matter of trust. When God says, I'm giving you my son, can you trust him or not? That's the issue. That's why it's all about faith. Yes, I believe that the gift is genuine. Yes, I believe it's for me. Yes, I believe if I come, I will receive. God says, come. There's no catch. Will you come and receive his son? And everything he gives to you with his son. We're going to sing together the hymn, To God Be the Glory, and I'm going to make myself unpopular because we're singing it to the new tune. So we will stand and sing it.
Ephesians chapter 2 continues in these words. Christ himself has brought us peace by making Jews and Gentiles one people. With his own body, he broke down the wall that separated them and kept them enemies. He abolished the Jewish law with its commandments and rules in order to create out of two races one new people in union with himself. In this way, making peace. I want to think with you about making peace for a moment. Peace be with you is the traditional greeting. When I say peace be with you, you respond. Thank you. I consider myself suitably blessed. We're thinking today about our, our vision and the second statement in it, which is anyone and everyone is made welcome into God's family. Anyone and everyone is made welcome here. I think it would be fair to say uh, that visitors to God's temple in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus weren't made welcome. At least if you were a foreigner, that was the case. In Acts 8, we, we read of an official who came all the way from Ethiopia to worship God and was returning home quite disappointed with the experience. Because if you weren't Jewish, then you were allowed into the outer court of the temple, which was a bit like a marketplace, really. But there was little sense of being able to get close to God there. And there were signs stopping you going any further in. Now, they didn't just say, no entry, keep out. They actually said, no foreigner may enter within the balustrade around the sanctuary and the enclosure. Whoever is caught on himself shall be put to blame for the death that will ensue. You can't get much welcome, less welcoming than that. You cross this barrier and we kill you, it's your fault. No one but yourself to blame. We haven't got signs like that here at Brighton Road, I'm willing to say. You can't get much less welcoming and inclusive than that. But Paul says, by his death, Christ has demolished the wall that kept us apart, that kept Jews and Gentiles separate. And many people think that's the wall that he had in mind with those signs saying no entry, you're not allowed to come in here. The walls that divide us from each other into enemies and friends, insiders and outsiders, those who belong and those who don't, Christ has broken those down. Those who are welcome and those who aren't, Christ has removed that wall and instead has opened a door to which anyone and everyone is welcome to come in. But you know, it's hard, isn't it? It's a bit like that man at the front holding up an envelope saying, come and get it. It's free. They come in through the door and think, I'm getting it from the other side. What's it going to be like? What are they going to be like? What am I going to find? And we are suspicious and cautious sometimes because experience has proved to be. I can remember as a teenager being invited to go to the church youth group that met upstairs. I really wasn't at all sure 
whether I wanted to, whether it would be a good idea, what it would be like. And in the end, I was persuaded, bullied, cajoled, encouraged, call it what you will, one Friday night to go up. And I opened the door and stood there and looked in, and a crowd was in around me, absolutely nobody. And immediately, Janet came over and said, I hate that. That's what it means. So I hate it when you walk into a room and you don't know anyone and nobody makes you welcome. Come on, come on in. I'll let you meet some people. And straight away she introduced me to some people who were firm friends of mine for many years to come. That welcome, which had such an influence upon me, started with one person seeing a stranger, someone that they didn't know, leaving their friends, coming over, making them welcome, and introducing them to their friends. Something we are all called to do. To look for the stranger, the unfamiliar face, the person that we don't know, and turn them into a friend. And it's a responsibility in which we all share, actually. It's not the welcome team's job, it's not the ministry's job, it's not the deacon's job. It's one in which we all share. To say, there's someone I don't know, but... You could be my friend. And if we're serious about saying anyone and everyone is made welcome, then that is the responsibility in which we all need to share and take part in. One person, seeing a stranger, making them welcome, and making all the difference through doing so. Where we are this morning, whether you've uh, been coming here for the first, second, hundredth time, thousandth time, God makes you welcome. And he said it is. He shares his peace. Peace be with you, and also with you. Turn to the person sitting next to you, say, peace be with you, and we'll try, and also with you. Peace be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And we're going to have a go at making peace this morning. You have a choice at this point in time. You can, with me, try and make a peace up. Here's one I made earlier, because it really can be done. <coughs> if you like playing around with tape and folding paper, have a go at this activity. If you're good at following instructions, that lowers my expectations considerably here. <coughs> have a go at this. If you are not into folding paper, and you're not into following instructions, we have as well kind of bookmark-shaped pieces of paper with the word peace written on them. You may just want to decorate that and make it look pretty. Or if you are clever, you might want to turn it into an acronym and use the letters of the word peace to make some kind of message about peace. P-E-A-C-E, -E, using words to write something about peace. Maybe just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or maybe a sentence. And if you've done something really clever, we'll invite you to share that at the end. And we will be giving away what we make to somebody else, okay? If you're at home, feel free to use an acronym of peace, design a bookmark, or if you've got your square of paper, you can try and make this other piece with me. But, either play around with this, or play around with this, and if you get lost following my instructions, then don't worry, because you can just make a bookmark instead, and it's going to be fine. So, your square piece of paper, start please by folding it diagonally in half 
so you are making a triangle. You should have a triangle that is this shape. Okay, so far so good. I'm encouraged. This is really positive. Do the same again. So you have a smaller triangle. You should now have a triangle that's this shape. You have a right angle corner and two smaller angles. One of those is a folded angle. One of those has flaps on the smaller angle. Okay. Is that an acute angle? Acute, isn't it? Yeah, okay. This time you fold it again, but this time you fold one of the flaps outwards, okay? You're left with a kind of sailboat picture, okay? So one of the flaps folds outwards, the other is flat, okay? Then you fold the other flap outwards again, okay? So you're back now with a smaller triangle. Are you with me so far? I see what... One person shaking their head. Got this? Fantastic. Okay. Now the right angle at the top, okay, fold it down so the top of the triangle meets the bottom. A trapezium, is it? Okay, it's good to have a teacher here in the, in, in the presence. Okay, so like that. Okay. Somebody's given up on throwing those of Lerapane. Please behave. Okay, you older ones here. Okay, now the same again the other side. The, the triangle at the top, fold it down. Okay. So you should now have a piece of paper that looks like this with a triangle folded down in the middle, okay? Once again, you have a folded end and a flappy end, all right? You get so this is where it gets really complicated. <laughs> so, let go of one of the triangles and hold it between your finger and thumb so you've got the base of it and your, and your okay? And pull out the, the edge of the flappy end. So it comes like this, okay? Can you do that? So the flap that has been folded down now pulls out towards you and kind of rises up. Can you do that? like unfolding a wing. Can you manage that? No, you, you, you've got it like this. You've got your flappy ends here, okay? Take hold of one of the outer flappy ends and pull it, and one of the triangles moves up, flips up. Okay, that's right, okay? Okay, can you manage that? Then it gets really tricky, okay, because you fold that triangle bit in. So you reverse the fold. So where it sticks up, you fold it down so it now fits inside. So you've got the same looking bit of paper, but now your flap is folded inside. So let me show you again, okay? You have your flappy end, you pull it, and your triangle flips up. Then you tuck your triangle down inside. So what is an outward fold becomes an inward fold. 
and then you fold it back inside. Are you there? Oh, yeah, that's right, okay. Then you do the same the other side, okay? Your flappy ends, you pull it out, your triangle flips up, and then you fold your triangle down inside. So the outward fold becomes an inward fold, and it tucks down inside your shape. So now you have a shape like this, but it looks like a dart. Okay, you've got a pointy end and an open end. Can you make it? Oh, yes, some of you there. You've got a dart like this. Okay. Turn it upside down so it's a boat shape. You've got a boat shape now. Okay, here we go. Boat shape. Again, your flappy end. You missed a bit. You got the boat shape. Okay, so now at the bottom, fold up one of the flaps at the bottom so that the, it folds up 90 degrees. So your horizontal flap at the bottom now folds up 90 degrees to become a vertical flap. You said, well, wait, yes, we've just done it. There we go. Okay, so your bottom of the boat folded up to, there we go. I can see that. Okay, 90 degrees. So it looks like a ring. The bottom of your boat, take hold of one of the flaps at the bottom and fold the bottom flap up so it goes to 90 degrees. Okay? Some of you have got it. And do the same the other side. Your bottom flap, fold it up to 90 degrees. Okay. Go back a step. You got this shape? Okay. So your bottom, one of your bottom bits, take it and just let it flip up to 90 degrees. Ugh. And the other one, flip it up to 90 degrees. Then, because these are ring shaped, this is kind of the, the, the head, so you fold that down to form a kind of feet. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right, okay, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Then this other end away from the beak is the kind of tail, and you fold that down. Across, yeah, you fold that down so it's like that, that's right, okay. You fold the tail down. Fold the tail down, okay, there we go. And then, you've got this, this, this bit of the folded bit of the tail that's here. You push that inside. So again, you reverse the fold, so what is an outward fold becomes an inward fold, and the tail becomes smaller as a result of you doing that. And you should end up with something that looks like this. Anybody got some basic down? Louise, well done. A round of applause for you. Anybody else got something that looks like this? Yes. 
Alice, well done. You need a PhD to do this, clearly. Okay, yeah. Anybody else? Uh, uh. I'm really proud of myself to be able to do it myself. Okay, yep, yep. Okay, lovely. Did anybody write something worth sharing with the rest of us in terms of their bookmark of peace? No. Okay. Michael, what did you write? Pray. Pray, explain. Alive. Comfort. Pray, explain, alive, comfort, enlighten. Thank you. Any other wordsmiths here? Okay. Right. Well, whatever it is you've made, whether it's a dove or an implausibly folded piece of paper or an acronym or a nicely decorated bookmark, go and give it to someone as a gift. This is my gift of peace to you. The answer probably is that I shouldn't consider a career change to teaching people origami. But there are lessons here, okay? <coughs> Making peace is never easy. You never get instant peace. It's a struggle sometimes. It's an effort it's difficult, it can be costly. Jesus was the great peacemaker, it cost him his life. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, they will be children of God. And the effort we put in to try and make one of these and not necessarily doing a brilliant job pales into, into insignificance compared with the effort of trying to make peace where there is anger or hatred or fear or strife. But it's what we're called to do. We're called to be peacemakers and to share peace where there is none. Because peace is not just about inner peace, tranquility of heart and mind. It's about peace being right with each other, being good with each other. And sharing what we have, it's not very good, but this is my gift of love to you. And sharing that peace with one another. Christ brings the peace of God to all of us and invites us to share that peace with each other. We might not be able to make a dove, but we can sing. I hope we're going to sing. Jesus put this song into our hearts. Jesus put 
Religious jargon. I bet you never run across the word Gentile outside a church or a synagogue. Not something that we use in everyday language. But it does represent. I've left a bit out, haven't I? Yes, okay, just have to read him first. By his death on the cross, Christ destroyed their enmity. By means of the cross, he united both races into one body and brought them back to God. So Christ came and preached the good news of peace to all, to you, Gentiles, who are far away from God, and to the Jews who were near him. It's through Christ that all of us, Jews and Gentiles, are able to come in the one spirit into the presence of the Father. So then, you Gentiles are not foreigners or strangers anymore. You are now citizens together with God's people and members of the family of God. You Gentiles, you're not strangers or foreigners anymore. And as I was saying, Gentiles is one of those strange words you won't hear outside of church, but it represents people who are outsiders, people who are excluded, people who are pushed out or pushed aside, people who are made to feel that they don't count, that they don't belong, that they have no place. So when we don't talk about Gentiles, we don't exclude people on the basis of race these days. What are the other ways in which, who are the other people who feel sometimes excluded or pushed out? Who are the Gentiles of our day? We sometimes think, ooh, weird, do they really belong? Any thoughts? Lila. The Queen? No, I, th- I think we've got a special place for the Queen. Is that what you call the Queen? In the King's Palace? Well, we're not allowed in, so we are kind of outsiders as far as she's concerned. Yeah, that would be radical if everyone was allowed into the palace and they'd welcome there. That would really, my word, what a good picture that is. That's a picture of God saying to come into my house and make yourself at home. The Queen doesn't say that to us, does she? But God says that to us. Come into my house. You're welcome. You're very much at home here. Thank you, Lila. People we exclude, people who feel excluded, people who are left out. Colour. Sometimes we exclude people on the basis of colour. Yeah. Accent. If we find it hard to understand what they're saying, sometimes we you or we switch off. Yeah, okay, yeah. They're less well off. If people don't dress right, they have the right kind of clothes, or if they can't move in circles we move in, then yeah, we can say, well, I'm not sure we relate to you. Is there someone in the balcony? Okay, any other thoughts? Gypsies? Nobody wants gypsies. Romanians? Depends on the Romanian. Yeah? Londoners. 
Well, yeah, we can understand Crawley, but Londoners. Oh, my word, I'm a Londoner. Oh. Sorry? LGBTQ people, easily kind of. Yeah, do you really belong here? If we take the message of Ephesians 2 seriously, it says that there are no outsiders. There is no one until you know. This isn't for you. Because actually it is for everybody. Without distinction and without exclusion. So Gentiles are in this picture of you stay out. But in Jesus, God says, you come in. You're welcome. I'm going to say... Can I invite you, as an expression of the way in which you belong here, just to come and write your name or leave your mark or draw a face that represents yourself on this piece of paper that we've chosen to come here, okay? Just come and say, if you belong, if you say, I, 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 I want to belong to part of God's family, I feel I belong here, I want to be an insider, come and write your name, just for a minute. Just, just, just come. There's no catch, but there's no five-pound note either. in the balcony and you haven't used your bookmark or your spare piece of paper, write your name on it and drop it down and we'll stick it on here for you. Because again, we don't exclude the people. This is upstairs either. Okay, in terms of belonging, believing, behaving, it's important that we get those in the right order. Church is not about us. If you're good enough, if you behave well enough, um, then you can come along and, and, and then you might start to believe and eventually, if, if, if you live the right way and you believe the right things, we will let you belong. That's not how church is supposed to work. Church is supposed to work to welcome you. You are very welcome here. We're delighted to have you here. And then through the way in which people encounter God, through the welcome they receive, faith can begin to grow. But the behaving bit, that's often the last bit to come, actually. It takes a while for people to start to live out what they believe and practice. That's why you will never find, you will never find a church full of perfect people. Because the criteria for belonging to a church is not that you all behave the right kind of way. The criteria for belonging to a church is that you belong and you believe and the behaviour follows. So sometimes we don't behave as we should and that's why we have to forgive each other when that happens. My job is not to tell you how you need to behave. The Holy Spirit does that. My job is to share Christ with you so that you have an idea of what it is that we are called to believe. We all have the task of ensuring people that they belong. So belonging, that sense of you are welcome here, that is something that we all do. 
believing, it's sounding the truth of God's word. It's something that can happen from the front of church, but equally it can happen as we all share our faith with one another. This is why the church thrives. Because the behaving helps God's work as he takes us and shapes us and molds us into the people he wants us to be. So we need to get it right. We need to be sure that we are a church that welcomes, encourages people in their faith, and prays that actually their lives will come into line with what what, what, God wants them to do. So let me assure you, this is not the kind of church, at least while I'm ministering, it's not the kind of church, where you say, if you want to come here, this is how you should behave, this is what you must believe, and if you're good enough, we'll let you belong. That's not the kind of church God is calling us to be. You are welcome. We pray that faith will come and out of faith will be a sense of how we should live our lives together. So let's stand and sing together. Lord, for the years, your love has kept me and guided me.
we're going to use a simple responsive prayer. Uh, there are biddings. I'm going to say the words. We'll take some moments and then we'll join together in response, which is let there be peace. So when I say Lord, we say let there be peace. Okay. So where there is conflict, Where there is anger, Lord, let there be peace. Where there's violence, Lord, let there be peace. May God's peace rest. I looked up home on the internet, images of homes. And most of them are kind of the ideal home exhibition type images. The kind of, you know, this is our home, show home for sale kind of thing. This is, this is what we think home should be. But this actually, this place is a bit of a mess. It's not well decorated. It's not the kind of place you'd get a good price for if you were wanting to sell it. But it's a nice home. So home is not about how tidy it is. One of the reasons why my parents didn't get on together was because my mother thought you should always be on your best behaviour at home. And uh, my father thought home is a place to relax and just, you know, be yourself. And they had very different ideas of what home should be like. Um, I've spoken to couples for whom sometimes if something slips into another place, that's a mess. And that also has been a source of conflict. What are the ingredients of a happy home if it's not everything being pristine and the decoration being perfect? What makes a place be that there's no place that like home? What are the qualities of home? Yes, this is really important. Love, faith, tolerance, acceptance, comfort, love, safety, Comfort, acceptance, tolerance, anything else? Welcome, laughter, forgiveness. Can I remember? Love, safety, comfort, acceptance, welcome, laughter, forgiveness. I've got ten out of seven out of eight, that's not bad. If those are the things that make for a good home. Those are the things that make for a good church. Because this is our spiritual home. Love, safety, laughter, comfort, acceptance, tolerance, humility. On your tables, there is a picture of a house. Can I invite you to scan your tables to write or draw something 
that represents a good home for you. Okay? So it's a collaborative exercise. We're going to draw on, on, the, on the picture of the house something. This is what I value about my home, or this is what is important about a home. This is what matters. This is what counts. And then when you've done it, I'm going to invite you to come to the front and stick your picture of the house with the, with the, the home elements on the bottom of the sheet that we've written our name. So take a moment on your tables just to say, this is what makes a good home. And when you've done it in your tables, come and stick your picture on the front here. done, can I invite you before you disappear to go home, or to have a cup of coffee, just come and look at the table, because this is a picture of us at Brighton Road. This is who we are. This is why we belong. This is God's house. These are the qualities that make us a family. These are the reasons why we feel at home here. This is a picture of who we are and how God wants us to be. Wow, come on. I'd like your hands. That's brilliant. Thank you. That's fine. That's great. Thank you. So take a moment at the end of the service just to come, look, Reflect, pray. This is God's house. We are the people who belong. These are the qualities that make sure we're all welcome here. This is our home. This is part of what it means to be welcome in this place, in God's house. And then, go and share together over a cup of coffee or whatever. But thank you for taking part of this. And if you're um, at home, I don't know quite how we'll get this to you, uh, but you belong as well. You are welcome too, and we share with you the qualities that we shared together here this morning. We're going to sing together, may the peace of God our heavenly Father.
as members of God's family, let's share together in the work of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.